Hello, bada 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 bada, and welcome to our Poppin' Bottles, the podcast where we um, review an album by an evil pop artist. Um, hi, Kayla. Hello. <laughs> Thanks for being here. Um, so we have two incredible returning guests. If you listened last week, you know who they are. But if you like Evermore better and didn't listen to it, then welcome. We have a Taylor Swift scholar and our country music consultant. Um, hello, Catherine. Hi. What's up? I'm the scholar one. Yeah. Uh, I'm a, I, what, who am I? I'm an astrologer and a dramaturg, and I get in Twitter fights with atheists. Yeah, that's me. And like a low-key Swift talk. Um, yeah, I, I'm a voyeur on, on Taylor Swift TikTok and Swiftygram because I'm realizing that I'm very much the zillennial cusp, um, and I'm really freaked out by these children who didn't get their hearts broken at their middle school dances to the pop remix of love story that's very wrong to me because they're 14 years old but yeah I, I can't get over the fact that you use the word term zillennial that's i'm weird. a i'm a zillennial okay. astrologically i'm gen z isn't that horrible no it's amazing you guys are better than us I'm, it's I, true okay <laughs> Okay, well, thank you for being here. Thank you. Next, our country music consultant, and um, well, she was previously on our Dolly and Mariah pod, also the Shania pod. Hi, Elise. Hello. Thank you for having me again, again, in the same night. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> um, we did just record our folklore episode the same night, so yeah. sorry for that spoiler. This is ep-, ep two of the evening. We've been drinking. I don't think we've ever recorded um, two pods in a night. I've been drinking. I've been drinking. Um, okay. Mm-hmm. So we're here to talk about the second juggernaut of an album um, released by Taylor Allison Swift within, what, four or five months? Three months? Two months? Who knows? <laughs> like four they months. They were close. Well, okay, great. So it was Evermore released on December 11th. Um, Catherine, where were you? I was in my parents' house in Florida. It's all a blur. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's it. Um, Elise? I was in my bed in Erie, Pennsylvania, when I first beheld the Willow music video. That's how I knew Evermore was a thing. And I sent it to Kayla and Catherine immediately. That Evermore fucking or Willow music video was terrible. By we'll the get way. To that I loved later. it so much. I agree. Let's save it. Okay. okay. I can't wait to fight. We're going to fight so much this episode. I cannot wait. <laughs> uh, um, I was alerted to this uh, album by Elise as I discussed in our Christmas episode. Elise let me know, and then I got a text from Catherine, and so I knew it was something to do with Taylor Swift or Abba. <laughs> And I narrowed it down. <laughs> and it was about Taylor Swift and I was thrilled. And I I honestly this was one of the Taylor Swift releases that I was most excited about. And I have to say, honestly, from I tweeted about the release. This is so embarrassing. Speaking of last episode, I was talking about Taylor Swift tracks that were embarrassing. Here's things about me that were embarrassing. 
in whatever year it was, 2012, 2013, I tweeted about the release of 1989. 2014. 2014? Yeah. Oh my God, I was so old. I tweeted about the release of that album um, as an ongoing joke, but like once a month for like quite a long time um, and with different metaphors, different similes. Um, and uh, this I might have anticipated in the 12 hours between my knowledge of its release and its release, I might have anticipated the most of any album. And um, I blame quarantine. I blame Elise. I blame <laughs> I lost Twitter followers even before it actually came out. <laughs> like three people unfollowed me. Um, wait, can I add a segment which is chaotic and stupid of me? Yeah, yeah sure. I, I think at this later date, which is way too late for it to be relevant, but we're going to maybe talk about it anyways. Can we talk for like, have like a 30 second time? timer on our like swift history like are we swifties are we anti-swifty because i do think it's going to be pertinent to this album yeah absolutely okay um, i can go first and i'll set a 30 second timer for myself and then i'll set the same for everybody so um i have 30 seconds to talk about taylor swift in my history and we go so um Taylor Swift and I are almost the same age. We're like six months apart, which is really scary. And I um, started liking her music when she was very country, like Picture to Burn, I remember, T Tim McGraw, I remember all that stuff. Uh, Fearless was a really big album for me, and I remember listening to it very specifically when I was like in transit, away going to and from home when I was an undergrad going like coast to coast from California to New York, that's all the time I have. I hated her for a while. Then I liked her again. Um, but I guess the, the gist of it, which I'm going over is I was a huge Taylor Swift when I was young, Swift fan when I was young. And then I really had a period of not liking her and I've come back around, but it's only very recently. Okay, Justin, you have 30 seconds. I'll give you a countdown. You're ready to go in three, two and one. Okay, my sister was a huge Taylor Swift fan because she loved country. I also kind of liked country and I liked Carrie Underwood better because I thought Carrie Underwood was a better vocalist. Um, and then I also like kind of went away from her and then 1989 came out and she took over the world and I was very annoyed with the fact that she took over the world, but I loved the album. And then um, I got annoyed with her because she was overexposed and then Reputation came out and I actually think it's probably my favorite album by her, but it was also really annoying. And then Me came out and it was ter terrible and then this happened. Okay, so that's the time. Elise, you have 30 seconds on the clock. You're ready to go in three, two, and one. I love Taylor when she was in her country moment as the country consultant. This cannot be shocking to you all. So country, Taylor Swift, teenage moment. Felt it. It hurt me. It grew with me. And then she kind of went rogue and did her pop phase, which I really did not relate to. I tried to keep up with it. Kayla and Catherine kind of drug me back into Taylorland in grad school. And then now here I am in love with all of her folk stuff, like except for folklore. But, you know, Evermore is pretty good. Here we go. Okay, now Catherine has 30 seconds on the clock. Be concise. Three, two, 
one. Oh my god, as a Zoomer. Okay, so Taylor Swift was the first artist I became a fan of that wasn't a Disney Channel like alumni. So like for me, growing up in Western Kentucky, it was Taylor Swift and Carrie Underwood, and then immediately musical theater is my musical journey. <laughs> um, and uh, I yeah, I became a hater when the Kanye thing happened because I do think she lied. Um, <laughs> and I came back post Reputation pre Lover. Um, I'm a born again Swifty. Uh, and I've written 3,000 words about her and her white feminism and her politics, so. <laughs> Beautiful. All right. Thank you for allowing me that indulgence. I think it's important. Justin, take it away. Okay, so we've talked about where we were when the album was released, so I, it's time to get into a track-by-track track review of The Evermore. Um, and we're going to start with the track that's already been talked about a little bit on the podcast, but what are our thoughts on Willow? Let's go. I'm going to go ahead and, number one, pull my veto card immediately. Oh, I know where God. I stand. <laughs> I know where I stand. I love this song. <laughs> this is not going to shock anybody. It was the first song I heard from this album. I have not read anything about this song. I do not know any theories. I know nothing about it outside of the fact that I listened to... She has a playlist on Spotify. It's just like a whole bunch of different versions. So she has the witch version. Um, she has like a sea shanty version. Not really, but kind of. Um, so like, I just... I like all the different adaptations of it. Um, I love the instruments that come into play in this album. I just... I In this in this song in particular. Um, I love all the remixes that have been done and um, that's my rant. Let's talk about it. I'll jump in next. I'm also a Willow stan. I do, I mentioned it on the December po podcast, but the the chorus and, and the melody of the word follow, I just really like it. Um, I think the music video is not as bad as Justin thinks. And Justin, I'll hand it over to you, but then I reserve rebuttal time eventually. Catherine can go at some point as well. <laughs> um, well, first of all, I really, really love the track. I think it's pop, but it's still folk. And we've got Taylor's falsetto here, which we didn't get as much of in folklore. Um, and I like, I think we get more production. It's fantastic. But the fucking video is shit. And, and because... Why? Um, okay, first of all, aesthetically, it's terrible. She has this horrible, like, velvet sort of cape with a hood in it that has this, like, frog closure that looks like it was purchased at Joanne. Like, the fabric looks like it was purchased at Joanne. The closure looks like it was purchased there. It's just so basic, I want to die. And then we also see the sort of, like, gold, the invisible string, but the gold string sort of, like, like visual motif represented in the video. And and let me tell you, when she had such an incredible artistic opportunity to make this really tiny, lovely little gold string, instead she put this like magical effect on it, um, a la Felix. It was sophomoric, to say the least. Odd. Oh, I rebuttal you so hard, man. I loved it. <laughs> oh I thought it was tacky, and I thought her outfits were not flattering, and I loved it. I was like, we're going on a little fantasy adventure here with Taylor, and I was so along for the ride. I had no idea what was happening, but I liked it. Oh, my God. Well, I hate the song and the video. Um <laughs> 
Okay, I agree. I like the I like the melding in the chorus, but I, I like lyrically, it's a fucking disaster. She needed an editor. Um, she draw she starts All and drops like six different metaphors that contradict each other, or like they just don't make any fucking sense. Like I know I get that she's like a white woman who likes true crime, but why bring in this open shut case thing? I was like, also the whole sea and body of water and like liquid metaphors are all mixed like she is the water she's also wine she's so many things it doesn't make any goddamn sense the music video reminded me of the bbc show merlin which was like arthurian <laughs> legend except kind of teenage and sexy and i hated it it was fucking awful um i like that the the, the love interest is a dancer from the red tour who's like is he Wajin? i don't know he has like a korean name um and i just think it's i as i have the same issue with it that i do with the lover video which is like the weird optic of like how casting like your dancer man of color to play your love interest when you've only dated white men to the public's knowledge i think it's weird but i forgot to make note of a lyric which i think is actually probably on this album but maybe it's on both albums uh because it's in her previous discography it's something about opal eyes um she loves a blue eye she sings about it a lot which i think is one of the reasons why the neo-nazis attach themselves to her but um, <laughs> i i love willow <laughs> this is this is all to say i love willow <laughs> And then I love that she had, like, her Asian dancer as her love interest. Because I do think that's powerful, even though it's so stupid. Like, <laughs> I think that, yeah, my... my um, Taylor is so hard because on one hand, you're like, she really is a, a micro of, of the macro culture. And so you're like, would I like to have, like... An, an Asian man as a lead, yes, with caveats, and you know it was it was fine. I don't know. It's so weird. She's she's just such a lightning pole, and I think at the end of the day, I like the song. I like the video. Is either groundbreaking? No. Are both pleasant? Oh, absolutely. I like her standing in that little box with what looked like a mandolin. I thought that was cute. It was very. D and D campaign. She's a bard to me. Has anybody? And I'm kind of showing my basicness here, but read the like Hunger Games prequel, um, The Sound of Songbirds, and what is it called? Absolutely not. No. Okay, the Tell us about it. It's about birds. Well, it's like a, it's like set in District Twelve, but it's like older. And then there, it's like around Lucy Gray, who was in the first Hunger Games, and she's like a musical performer, but like, um, she's like sort of like not District Twelve. She's sort of alt district, and she comes in and she comes in this dress of many colors and performs for people and like it's like it's very that if you've read the book and watched the video which like maybe one of our listeners has done that so i <laughs> about it but anyways is it i liked reading the hunger games is it pleasant to read it is a pandemic yeah <laughs> read it. well you know that's good <laughs> Any more thoughts on Willow? Makes no sense. I just keep loving this whole podcast is me. I did no research. So I love learning as I go. And Catherine's like, this is dumb. And I'm going to tell you why. And I'm like, oh, shit. She's not wrong. <laughs> Every bait and switch was a work of art. What the fuck? I don't know what it means either, Catherine. You're not wrong. 
that that's the kind of shit I can forgive. I love I can't California girls and that shit doesn't make sense. So okay, fine. well <laughs> okay. okay. Done. Fiend. Okay. Next up is champagne problems. Um I'd really like to talk about this first, right? Yeah. Well, um, so I really like the line, um, November flush and your flannel cure. Like it's so visual and lovely. Like, like this goes well with the cover of the album. It's really beautiful and it like simple. Um, and then I also wrote no one poeticizes and I don't know if that's a word or not, but I would link it to like politicize, but no one poeticizes a month better than Taylor Swift. That bitch has dropped November, December, September, August, more than any of like any other artist ever, ever, but it's always fun. Uh, Yeah, it's good. I love this song. Um, I do. Isn't it that doesn't there's multiple songs out there by various artists called Champagne Problems. I don't know what the problems actually are, but I forgive it here. I love this song. Yeah. Um, I think it'd be really fun to scrout at a concert, which I've never been to a Taylor Swift concert because I'm not rich. Um, but just yeah, like what a shame she's fucked in the head. I think the f bombs on this album are better than the f bombs on Folklore. <laughs> And this is a good example. This is also one co-written with William Bowery. So, uh, with, yeah. one, with one William Bowery. <laughs> yeah, I love this song. It's. I also think it's funny when she pretends she knows what it's like to be in college. Um, yeah. Great point. <laughs> yeah. Um, Elise, what are your thoughts? I mean, I liked it, but it's it's one of those ones that when you sit down and like read the lyrics, you're like, oh, that's what this is about, because it just it it doesn't. Um, listening to it, singing along to it, is very different than sitting down and analyzing it. Like I'm, I just learned this is supposed to be about two lovers who one was on the way to break up and one was on the way to propose. Do we all know this? Yeah. Am I just dumb? I feel like no, I'm dumb. I did not know. I did not dumb. I've just I've just sat on my floor well, covering this on the guitar. So I know well, I just so much of these songs with both albums, if you don't take the time to slow down and read about them, you're you're having a totally different experience. I think that's what I'm learning. You take because, like, I read a review on it. Like, there was one of the things they talked about, like, with the approach to this album, like, the producer, like, encouraged her to just, like, ramble and tell stories. And it is, it's very rambly. And, like, just like with Ariana Grande, where we must read the lyrics to know what she's saying, with Taylor Swift, we must (laughs) read the lyrics to really contextualize the narrative. I, I do think that Swift is a very lyric-centered artist, but and I I think she always has been part of the reason why I wanted to like check in about what age we all sort of like started being Swifties and or anti-Swifties um, and back again is that I think that her lyrics are such a huge part of the experience of her, and I know that's how I was first drawn into being a Taylor Swift fan when I was like 18, 19, like a real Taylor Swift fan, and. Um, 
And it was because of the words in her songs. And, you know, the songs were catchy, too, but it was primarily lyric-based. And I think this song is a good example of her storytelling. um, But it's not my favorite song on the album by a long shot. I don't know. Um, Has anyone on this podcast, did we discuss the Katy Perry champagne problems? Has anyone heard it? Because I have not. I've never heard it. I mentioned it briefly. Okay, yeah. Katy Perry has a, a... Song of the same name, which I think is very interesting, but I, I'm not going to listen to it. I don't you care. You can't care about that, I, especially after Katy Perry's last album cycle. I mean, apparently it was on whatever this Daisy one was. I don't know. We're not ta- we're not Katie Swans. Katie Swans. Katie Stans. I think she spells her name like me. I think she, or maybe she's a Catherine with a Y. I think she has an E. Okay, she's a Catherine Y N. Okay. Um, okay, so the next song is Gold Rush. I love Gold Rush. Yeah, go for it, Catherine. Uh, I don't know what else to say. It's a Jack Antonoff collab. It's I hated it at first because I hated the beginning of it. It was so high. I was like, what the fuck are you saying? But no, I like it. I like it so much I, oh, I will rebuttal i think the intro is sensational it's yeah like, it's grown on me it's grown on me but i still don't love it i don't know what the fuck she's saying oh so there's a lot of ship there's a lot of ship in water it's a very nautical album actually <laughs> no i don't like the be i'll jump in here i don't like the beginning of gold rush gleaming twinkling eyes seeming. i don't like it i think it's stupid i love the song i don't like a gold rush but i don't <laughs> those aren't the words um i don't like the beginning i think it's very maybe it's just because the album was dropped on december 11th and to start a song with the words gleaming twinkling i was just like i'm out and then i was drawn back in but especially in that high register i think it's a bad choice i'm i don't know i can't tell you more than that elise what do you think I like to dance to it. Like, that's my immediate response to it, is it's a walk-around-your-apartment groove, getting-ready-in-the-morning song for me. Um, but I totally, I never caught that. I was like, that's why I didn't like the gleaming, twinkling. It's like, this isn't, is this Christmas? Are we Are we having a sparkly moment in the yeah. snow? Not yet, not until the next track. But, you know, I think... <laughs> there's, there's, that, that's... I, I like when we get to the chorus, but uh, it's it's a it's a it's a it's a walk around your house and move kind of I, moment. I like it because it, to me it's like the mature sequel or better version of Gorgeous and Reputation, which I believe I on the po- on this podcast I said I hate Gorgeous because I hate babies. Um, <laughs> so like to start with like a weird cringe beginning. <laughs> I like it. I I think Gorgeous is bad, and I like Gold Rush. Yeah, I think it's the better version of Gorgeous. This is the main reason I like it. Um, I like what Elise was saying about going through it because it's the first song with a sense of urgency that we've gotten from Taylor since like fucking twenty tracks. Like it, I did, I did tweet the lyric. I don't like how falling feels like flying till the bone crush. Like with no context on Twitter.com, like it was a MySpace page because I love this song. <laughs> it's a great lyric. I love that lyric. Too. <laughs> yeah. So I like it. It's a good crush song. I think it's important to note that she, like, 
that this is a song about uh, again kind of about like the affluent people of the world and her like sort of commenting on it like we got taylor talking about rich people again which is much i do yeah i do i did try to do this which is like highlight like the echoes across both albums and for in this case it is track three on these two albums are the last great american dynasty and gold rush so mm-hmm. the last great american dynasty is like you know rich people on rhode island with their neighbor problems and then gold rush is mentions like a coastal town it's just like yeah they're echoes i believe two things i like the line about contrarian shit two maybe we just had an earthquake here I think we, might just had an earthquake. we had an earthquake i saw the ground move <gasps> shut up Did no you, in your real like real time yeah i saw i saw that i'm googling we just earthquake. Had an earthquake here that was fucking crazy and it wasn't bad though i mean we're good are you good i hate that it was i mean it i saw where it rippled it it was really quick oh my god rippled what talk us through the 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 house it was just as if like we were like right next to a train going by or something for just for a second i did just google earthquake california and yes there was one was there an earthquake where was it based um, it's, this is still showing me San Francisco. So well, that's good. That's that's near us. What point was it? Of wait, magnitude three point six. Oh wow, that was really mild, but it felt big near us. Ah oh, Jesus, we had this conversation with the well-tempered Clavier, but earthquakes are meaningless to me. I'm a tornado. I fear tornadoes. I mean, they're, okay, it's it's saying online four point five, which is more what I would have get. It felt strong okay. here to me. Oh God, Jesus Christ! That, like it just feels like the feeling that um, you get. We're recording live. Here we go. But like when you're, I don't know if you've ever felt this, but sometimes when you're on an elevator, like it'll shake a little bit. Not an elevator, an escalator. It'll shake a little bit under your feet as you're getting off. It kind of feels like that, but like a little bit more or less pronounced depending on what it is. Oh, it just Jesus. feels like shaking under, like like the world's shaking. It's an earthquake. It's I hate shaking. that. So scary. What's wrong? Um, I think we're good, right? Yeah. <laughs> Seems like we're kind of overwhelmed by that. Well, I mean, Gold Rush, California, Earthquake. No, that's Tis the Damn Season. Let's go. Is it Quake Season? That was a beautiful transition. That's the best transition our Poppin' Bottles has ever had. <laughs> Oh my god. What do we think of this Tis the Damn Season? <laughs> it, it's grown on me. I didn't like it at first. Why? I don't know. I, don't know. I love this song, and I do think I'm predisposed to this narrative. To the narrative of, like, one... Uh, it's it's from the narrative of one who has, like, moved away from town, and it's like, you're coming back for the holidays, and it's, like, this feeling of, like, it's the season, and, like, the the idea of, like you know, romantically connecting with someone from your hometown during the holidays, I think is very potent based on Hallmark movies. Um, You know, it has a certain appeal no matter how far removed it is from reality. Um, And so that's why I I like it lyrically. Musically, I think it's fine. I think I like the song a lot, but I don't, I, I wouldn't like die for it. I too would not die for it, but it's 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 fine. Is there something? 
I get this feeling that like the early days of Taylor when she was country music was just so high school. And for some reason, her acoustic um, folk time with both folklore and evermore is so very, she's a junior in college and she's learned now. That's kind of, that's kind of what I'm taking. And that's what this song felt like to me. It's like, I'm going to be home for the weekend and we can just, figure it out I, I don't i don't know it doesn't it doesn't feel overly mature to me i feel um, that it doesn't huh i feel that i agree yeah. dive in Catherine. I don't, I, I don't i feel like it. justin wants to dive in i agree yeah. with that because i but i also but i will come from a place of really really loving this track and like and maybe and i'm about to read taylor swift but i think that this is like probably as deep as she gets like this is kind of her emotional core and like that's like it feels, it. what Catherine hates that i'm just narrating for the folks that help <laughs> the gasp and facial expression i just saw was Catherine was mad that you just said that just want to communicate that to the listeners god damn it it does feel very close to her narrative very close to her storyline i think she feels misunderstood i think she feels famous and i think that like she wants someone who loves her for her and like that's like the hardest she's gonna ever have that Okay. I don't know. I, I think it's okay. I've also I spent a lot of time looking at her birth chart recently, so it's like <laughs> she her last like three exes that we know about have all been British. Wait, <laughs> so I think there's something extremely funny about like fantasizing about a hometown boy. Wait, it's Harry. It's Tom. Calvin Harris. Tom. Tom Hiddleston. And Joe. Joe. Yeah, really a lot of British men to do. That's a lot of British yeah, men, Taylor. Oh my god! And also, okay, well, I said that her birth time isn't that accurate, but what her moon is in her ninth house, which is supposed to relate to long distance travel. It's very specific. This goes into ancient Greek symbology, but like, yeah, so literally, it makes sense that she would marry or like settle down. She wrote London boy. Okay, like it makes sense that, that she was would, so like, go, bad. Go far from home for the love of her life. So I think it's funny for her to fantasize about like Henderson in Bill, Tennessee. Um, I, thought you know. she- I want to know who is this song about? Because I'm, uh, I'm reading the I lyrics. I mean, I feel like I feel yeah. like it's definitely removed. I feel like it's an, I feel like it's in a pair with Dorothea. Yes, That's I feel like it's in a pair with narrative. It's part of the thing. We'll talk about it on another song. On Dorothea, yeah. So, well, okay, there it is, folks. And I'm trying to unlock my phone so that I can find out what the next track is. All Tolerate right. it. Tolerate it. Let's talk. Tolerate it. Okay, I wrote down in my notes, and I'm going to leave with this because I think it's funny to all you Mad Men fans out there. This song, Tolerate It, is from the perspective of Betty Draper. That's all I have. Thank you, folks. I'll be here all week. That's oh my god funny I, as a as a madman fan madman fan myself i feel that on a molecular level you are correct i so what i would liken this to to me it sounds like a carly ray jepson song after she has actually gotten the man who she believes to be out of her league and is now like in a relationship with him um and like i mean i i really like it um and i also wrote ask Catherine who this is about <laughs> i told okay i said this before the show but it is she said in the apple music awards interview that it is rebecca by daphne du maurier fan fiction you're so right let's talk about army hammer 
I did not want First Rebecca. First I did not talk about. Can I talk about Rebecca for like what I'll call? Yeah, I haven't read it. My sister yeah. loves it. I've read the novel. I've seen the movie in reverse order. I saw the movie first. I'm obsessed. Well, and part of it, like, okay, I'll just say I watched it on my phone on YouTube in like 2013, like, like using my cell phone data at the Rockways at my friend Kelly's apartment with, with my friend Aiden. We were all crowded around my phone watching Rebecca on my phone which is so stupid it's a hitchcock movie (laughs) i love rebecca i think it's a masterpiece i think the novel's a masterpiece it's also so stupid and like campy and and uh melodramatic but that's the thing about it anyway i love this as rebecca fanfic i think that rebecca is great and i think the new adaptation was horrible let's talk about army hammer lily james big fan of she can do whatever adultery she wants army i'm judging very hard I don't care about I I want him to want what he wants but I also want him to have consensual cannibalism if that's his thing what do we think about his vor tendencies or cannibalism at least have you heard about this heard about this I don't believe in his consensual cannibalism though I feel like we should maybe I don't know about that one. I can't really, like, say how I envision cannibalism to be consensual, but I do feel like, Vore, there's a market for, like, people. Sure. Like, there's a thing somewhere. I don't know what it would be. I'm sorry. I'm I'm not. (laughs) I'm more vanilla than this conversation would. (laughs) It just took me so off guard. I'd like to say that I'm gay, and... uh... (laughs) And because, because uh-huh. I, um, Army Hammer is my daddy, and I and like it's hard for me to like see him in a like a bad light. So frankly, I would offer up my pinky as a snack for Army. <laughs> <laughs> who have been aware there's a scandal about army hammer and cannibalism so um justin wants to give up their pinky Catherine, thought i think it's real well i don't think it's i don't think it's not i don't think it's not not real i think i believe it because of the way he reacted because i think if it wasn't true then his wife wouldn't be so weird about their kids and i also think he'd laugh it off he'd be like put me in a hannibal reboot or some shit but no he's like he's freaking out i think there's legitimacy to it he's not having a good time with it um i think it's real and i didn't watch i didn't watch the rebecca adaptation the only version of rebecca i've ever seen was a bbc miniseries from the late 90s where where the mr de winter was charles dance aka tywin lannister and then the maid was was diana rigg olena terrell i love diana rigg i'm a diana rigg stand like so I, that's the version of rebecca i've ever the only one i've ever experienced and i diana rigg is my fucking queen everyone go watch how to Gadler performed by Diana Rigg. But anyway, that's the only version of Rebecca I've ever seen. I have very little context for this fanfic. I think she's um, perfect for that role. Um, I love <laughs> Rebecca in general, and I think that the recent that Netflix version did such a disservice to the material, but um, we have three and a half minutes more to talk about Army Hammer cannibalism <laughs> and or Vito is used for cannibalism? That's horrible. No, I don't know. I just think that like it's interesting. I don't yeah. I don't care about I, I just want to extend our time here. In the grand scheme of track fives, I don't put tolerate it very high. 
I want to talk about something really important in the song that I think is really good. Okay. And what do we think of, like, I really like the motif that she uses, and it, she does it twice, and it's, like, it's a kind of a release of tension, and, like, and she, like, she's, like, what would you do if I, and then she goes, ah, like, over, like, I think, I, like, that's a very poor rendition of it, but, like, I actually think it's really good. She loves an elongated vowel. She'll, like, find any vowel, and she's, like, I'm just gonna make this linger, and I like it, and I appreciate it. I'm not always sure what she's trying to do. Um, in this particular instance, I think it's done well. I think she does it well, and it's consistent. It's definitely something she has lived with for a long time. Um, and it really works for this song, because it's, it's like, it's... It's, it's kind of it's, it's just like this like c- cry kind of thing. This notice me and I'm not gonna finish my sentence. I is that the right one? Yeah. 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 Okay. No, um, I connect to this song to Wildest Dreams. Ah, which is also a Bridgerton hot. Yes. It's the only part of Bridgerton I've seen. Multiple people sent me the latter scene with no. Wildest Dreams. No, don't. Now I'm Let's... never going to watch it. I'm never going to watch it. Multiple no, people it's just so much... sent it's me that. Not good on the latter scene. The latter scene is <laughs> what, like, a hundred people might have tweeted about, but it's not the point of Bridgerton. That's the only thing people, people have sent me the whole, like, just filming Netflix <laughs> on their laptop, sent it to me. A hundred people could have tweeted about it, but you should watch it anyways. Oh, God damn. A hundred people might be in the room, but only, if only one has COVID, you'll still get COVID. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Feel that. So something about this song, Tolerate It, that I really love is that it's actually connected to a book. And yeah, so much of Taylor's music feels to me like she is, she was reading a novel and she got swept up in it. And that's where she wrote the song from. Oh. Or she was reading it she got, you know, and so I feel like I love that it's getting acknowledged here and she can tell you what she was reading because it's not like some weird AO3 fanfic that she can't talk about. And I really appreciate that. That would be me if when I start my band camp career, it would all be fanfiction that I was reading. But what was I saying? <laughs> oh, I fucking got tolerate it what oh fuck off no i have nothing to say i'll jump in i love (laughs) reading rebecca i do think it's very within her wheelhouse of like cape cod great gatsby roaring 20s references she's doing that it's not american necessarily but she's doing that americana thing of like referencing the literature and even though rebecca is not necessarily american i think that it is kind of an American touch point because of the Hollywood version of it. We have six seconds. I don't know. I watch Rebecca with the fucking Olivier. I don't know. Okay. I'm off the rails. And I'm not using it. It's just like a question that I'm positing. Can I do that? Is that okay? Please. Okay, great. So I'm going to steal this from Jeremy, but I think it's funny. He was like, um, Lana Del Rey and Taylor Swift are in a fight for the liberal Republicans. And I think that's like so valid in the context of what you were bringing up. And that like, she, like they both kind of like angle for this, like, like not this like sort of center right Republican Americana narrative that people will kind of connect with when it, within their music. Even though Taylor Swift is now vocally denounced like Nazis, I still think she would love to grab the right if she can. Okay, I have a lot to say about this. I think 
first of all, that whatever Lana grabs is not a calculated move, but whatever she's feeling that day. She is so, God bless her, misguided. I love her. She can't deal with it. And I'm very honestly sad that she, as a 30, let's say three-year-old woman, cannot grasp any level of complexity or nuance about race in America. Like, she truly is incapable. God bless her. I'm not going to continue to give her money. Um, and she's 35 years old. She was born in 85. Honestly, there's no fucking excuse. Fuck you, Lana. I don't care. Lizzie Banks, whatever your name is. No. I, ooh, she's, but we, I, I also know many 35-year-old women who, are like this. Um, so I've analyzed all of Taylor's Taylor's tweets from this summer because she started using Twitter abruptly rather than Tumblr, and I do think she's very much like a firm liberal. She's a neoliberal, and I think that's also reprehensible. But there's a different level of awareness that Taylor Allison Swift has than Lana. Elizabeth Banks. <laughs> Elizabeth Woolrich Grant. <laughs> I'm never yes. going to stop calling her Elizabeth Banks. <laughs> yeah. But I do think that, yeah, I, I think there are different levels. I think t- Taylor understands more. But um, overall, this is Taylor you know, trying, guys. This is Taylor. <laughs> is. No, she really is, though. That's what she made a Miss, Miss Americana for. Yeah. <sighs> You're right. Okay, well, that tangent is now over, and let's get into another reference to, I think, uh, Miss Americana, but in a different way. No body, no crime, Taylor Swift's greatest chicks reference. What do we think? Goodbye, uh, Earl. Uh, <laughs> I dig it. Um, I've tried to listen to Haim, and I've, it's never taken, but I like them. I like their middle parts. I wanted more of them on this track. I actually really like their little intro and I like the harmonies that they put throughout it. I was like, give me more of Haim because they really kind of give some breadth to the track and like, I, it's good. And also, I didn't realize that SD was a name of one of the girls in Haim. So it's kind of fun. SD Haim. Yeah, I love a murder ballad. So obviously I love this song. I like the guitar part, part leading in. It sort of seems to me like a reference to picture to burn the but that also is just such a common country motif that i don't know if it's a direct motif or like something that's just uncreative um but either way i like it um it does give me grown-up fearless vibes like definitely this honestly seems like a sister song to me to this is a stretch but 15 she like i know they're about different people but like you know we grow up we murder our best friends abusers and i'm here for it yeah to me it is today's 2020 because that's when i came out um that's the night that the lights went out in georgia reba mcintyre i love the one that is that is today's i mean i I have a feeling in three months this song's going to be played on country country music stations, um, just because they love a good murder ballad. I would and love that. well, and it, it's just it so fits into this archetype of music where it's it's just the gradual un- unraveling of this longer murder tale where there's so many elements 
of who done it and i love it every time i listen to it i'm like yeah i don't know why but i'm like yeah. <laughs> i do think she was long overdue like if she wanted to really cement like her hometown as nashville and her origin story as a country songwriter she was long overdue for a murder ballad and she finally did it yep. thank fucking god i have i have a murder ballad playlist that i've listen to for years i love a murder i love a country murder ballad i love tanya tucker tanya tucker's uh no man's land i love a country i love a murder ballad um yeah i like murder ballads that have men in them weirdly uh but we'll come back to that maybe we'll come back to that i don't know but (laughs) i feel like you need to say a little bit more well okay at least i want to say this when we're talking about exile but there's a song i love that by nick cave and the bad seeds featuring PJ Harvey from like the nineties, all rock punk rock. And just like, it's a hot murder ballad where a woman murders a man. And like the difference between their voices is very similar. And I think that's, it's, it's good content. You should listen to it. It's called Henry Lee, but yeah. also, I just want you to add me to that playlist. If you okay. could do that. I'll text it to you right now. Thank you. <laughs> with, I love that. We're like in the same year, we got both tipsy and nobody, no crime, two incredible murder songs. And I want more murder songs. Ah, yes. I'll just text it to the group chat. This has Shotgun Blues by Bella Fleck. It has Kerosene by, by Miranda Lambert. Kerosene. Mm. It has two, two Black Cadillacs by Carrie Underwood. It's a great song. Okay. I fucking love, love that song. Okay. okay. Um, next up, we have Happiness. What do we think of Happiness? I love Happiness, actually. I do, too. I, I love it. I love it. I think it's the best breakup song I've ever heard. I love it. Yeah. Are you hate it? Okay, I'll go first because my iPhone's disabled. I entered too many incorrect numbers. I just was pressing like the zero. I don't know what was going on. Um, but I can't reference my notes. I'll say that. I'll say. Um, okay. Here's what I think about this track. Um, it's fine. Like, <laughs> I wish I had my notes. Someone else go first. Okay, I, I would like to... I'll, I'm just going to read my notes. I think it's the strongest of Taylor's like new sort of self-aware archetype of a breakup song. Um, I, I also... But I wrote, it's so demonstrative in its self-awareness that you get the line, I hope she'll be a beautiful fool who takes my spot next to you. No, I didn't mean that. I'm sorry, I can't see that facts through all this fury. I think that like it's... Or through all of my fury. I really like that line. And I think that like Taylor... like wrote uh, like an incredible song that both like kind of like shows growth but also like references her roots and is romantic and is petty but is is mature at the same time i i read references somewhere in an interview or maybe like social media or whatever where she's described the big machine leaving big machine and scott Prichetta as like a divorce like pain because it's like the shit we're dividing up between us like like this like an actual relationship where there was happiness and we did love each other reduced to like property and like legal bullshit which i think is great and beautiful and very mature and i like it i think there are i i feel like a lot of my beef with her and this album is like weird wrong bad metaphors and i think this also has some of that the it's fine i i like it um um i like the how it starts honey when i'm above the trees i see this for what it is because that like i think in long pond there's a reference to like the bird's eye view like narrative distance of like just folklore and i guess evermore um that's just yeah i don't know 
it's yeah i think that's smart to bring up the like the distance of it because it does like and i think that's maybe what gives the album both of the albums their maturity is the distance that she's yeah and i think also i think this is one of the last ones she wrote for it so if it sounds like it stopped together in like late november it maybe was we're referencing months again oh shit he loves a month (laughs) yeah i love it I love it. I think it is. So, there's so many breakup songs out there that don't have this. And I mean, it, it, like you guys were saying, like, is it the record label breakup? It, but it, it's just, it's so full of, like, she clearly saw a therapist, you know, like, it, it's clearly like, let's step back. Let's look at this. This is how I want to view every breakup in my life. This is how rationally we should all want to view every breakup in our, maybe that's a generality, but like you, you experience joy with people. And so rarely do you have a song that's like, you know what, I'm going to be okay, but I'm also going to acknowledge that I was okay. And I, I loved it. Yeah. And I'm not usually a big breakup song person unless it's like, let's burn this shit down. But this song like hit, hit me in like a softer spot. And I think it can be um, bigger. And I don't. This is one of the songs that definitely hit me. If I have to use my second veto here, I gladly will. Um, I don't know if we have any more. I might be out. We have time. We have time. Oh, oh great. Okay. So I. This is a song that even it, it has impacted me personally. Beyond just, it's not just a breakup song. It's like anything. If you step back and look at it from a distance, that feeling of like this isn't as big as it is. You can get through this. There's a line in here. Um, oh my gosh. I don't know which, where it is. I'll find it. Um, that's essentially like, I would have loved you. Like I would have continued to love you if we hadn't been in this situation. Someone knows the lyric, Catherine, maybe. Um, and I just think it's, I think it's so powerful how it's crafted and how it's like, you know what? There were good times. There will continue to be good times. This is a this is a hard time. And I just I like that perspective in a modern album. I feel like we don't see that. I'll jump in here because I found my notes. I got into my phone. I I wrote. I know Swifties will love this one. There's a nice universality and truth to lyrics, but it's too general for me. I do like the lower register and the bridge, uh, including the fake niceties. Like I pulled you into me every night. Blah blah blah. Now I all all I get from you is fake niceties. Love that lyric. I think to me it ends up being like a general breakup song that could apply to any situation, business to personal to romantic to whatever which it is and i think it's well written but it doesn't it doesn't hit me like the way it does all of you and i don't think that's invalid i think it just like maybe hits some people harder than others and me less we can take it away to the next song um welcome to uh dorothea <gasps> I uh, song and I have I love this so song. hard. I really have to pee. Let's pause. We're pausing. Uh, I also have to pee. Okay, good. Hi, we're back. We're back. We're back. We're back. Um, welcome to What do we think? Love it. Kayla really loves it. I love it. I think I wrote it's a strong narrative comma. Um, I I didn't write many notes about this, um, but I do like 
this in the tradition of Taylor Swift songs that are a female name. <laughs> I just think that it, I like these songs because she tends to give us, give us a full beginning, middle, end. She tends to give us metaphors, simile, maybe in abundance, maybe too much so. Um, but at the same time, I think Dorothea falls within this, like, um, narrative web that she's constructing on Evermore and folklore. And I love it. And I think it's a little bop. What do you think, Elise? I like it. I'm just, I, I keep pulling up the lyrics and reading briefly about the backstories of these songs. Catherine, do you have more input on the backstory? I mean, not much. It's just like, you know, she said in like the YouTube premiere chat for the Willow video that she imagines that Dorothea went to the same high school as like Betty James Inez and I guess Augustine. Um, <laughs> and just like, yeah, I, I, I've heard her say more about this town. Like, she calls it, like, a mythical American town, as, like, as much as she says about it. In, like, Reading that. or Reading, PA? Like, is but, that it? No, I don't know that that's it. I think she's purposely being obscure because, like, yeah, I mean, her most formative high school experience in mean, all two years she was in high school, then she graduated Christian homeschool while touring on the Speak Now World Tour, so I don't, whatever. It's just like, I think it's so funny how much she writes about high school when she didn't graduate high school in a normal way, but okay. Mm. Um, but like, yeah, it's just like a mythical American town. I was really excited by the chorus where she says the stars in your eyes shine brighter in Tupelo because love. I love, I, I mean, it's obviously, what is it? I don't know. I was hoping it's like, does that mean that this teenage love triangle from folklore took place in Tupelo, Mississippi? <laughs> um, I, I don't think it did. I think it's just like a general reference to like songs about Tupelo and like Elvis's birthplace. But I don't know. I love this song. Uh, I like to listen to it and tis the damn season because i they think they do similar harmony things yeah like yeah. tis the damn season tends to higher but there is a very present low harmony and then dorothea like is more in that lower range but there's still this high part yes um speaking of mythical american towns um i wrote a very different thing to this i don't really like the song but i wrote every time i hear it i think of the guy on the square who got christine baranski pregnant in um dolly's christmas on the square <laughs> i didn't watch it Dorothy, do you ever stop and think about me the guy who impregnated you um i buy it i fucking buy it Christmas in the Square is a bop. Christine uh, is uh, it's, ugh, Christine Baranski is Dorothea? Question mark. I don't know. Two below. Period. Exclamation mark. I okay. Like all I realize is a, a long tradition of songs about pageant queens, but to me, all the pageant queens I know are bachelor contestants. So to me, Dorothea is a bachelor contestant. <laughs> I met a bachelor contestant this week. At but the who was it? I met Kit. She fucking came to my coffee shop. Oh my god, okay. Um, okay. Next up, um Coney Island. I'll start on this one because I don't really remember it, but I do remember that she sings Centerfold a lot and like it just makes me think of that 80s song called Centerfold, and so it just 
it, it doesn't really do it for me. Like, I don't think that the narrative holds up and I don't think it's a strong song. I texted, I texted Kayla and Elise something I saw on Taylor Swift TikTok, Swift Talk, which was someone saying, positing that the bridge where she and Matt Berenger from the National really like do a couplet trade-off, she's referencing all of her exes, basically. Wait, say that one more time. Who is she referencing with all? Every single one of her exes. So... What did I, what was it? Like, what I, well, fuck me, I'm, I'm opening up genius.com. Um, were you standing in the hallway with a big cake? Happy, happy birthday. birthday! That's Jake Gyllenhaal, the moment I knew. Because um, he didn't show up to her birthday. He didn't birthday show up to her birthday party, party when, they're, when they're both December Sagittarius's. It's fucking bold. Um, I, and then, did I paint your bluest skies the darkest gray? This this swift talk posited that was about fucking John Mayer because of the lyric in Dear John that was like about you know painting skies blue or whatever. Um, and then when I got into the accident on the side of the flash before was your face, like the famous hailer, the famous hailer uh, snowmobile accident. And then when I walked up to the podium, I think that I forgot to say your name is probably about Calvin Harris because like also like it's so it's so damning that like in it also speaks to how bad their breakup was. Like the in Miss Americana, she talks about how like I was on the top of the world but had no one to share it with. It's like, weren't you in like a committed relationship with Calvin Harris at that point in time? He sucks. Um, Honestly, he I sucks. support I support her in forgetting him. I wrote yeah. Pony Island. It was it's one of my least favorites. It's not a bad song, but I do think the line about cake and happy birthday is really bad um and i do think a lot about the guy from the national recording from that line (laughs) happy birthday (laughs) (laughs) jesus christ um yeah i hated this song on first listen i thought it made no fucking sense and um but it is the one where she it is the one where she references delicate in the first verse did i close my fist around something delicate so i'm like great song great track five um but um, I'd like to say that that's really stunty, though, to like do a, a song that references all of your breakups. It's very bad, bloody of her. It's just like so. Bold. I know she like says repeatedly in that Apple Music interview I watched today, where she was like, "I don't want to give people the tabloids ammunition. Like sometimes when I do that, I feel like that's exactly what's happening." It's like, but you did. If if I am to take this bridge as like you literally referencing all your recent famous exes, you're doing it. But okay, <laughs> but she doesn't like to admit she's doing it. Elise, any thoughts on this track? Any extra thoughts? It was it was so fine. I honestly think she's to a point where we need to stop singing songs about our miscellaneous exes. That's that's my big like takeaway. Is like let's let's grow. You have you there's it was fun. It was fine. I like again listening to it on the way to work, but it's not. It's uh, it's it's not a standout. I think saying "Mary Go" and not saying "Mary Go Round" it's just like it's giving up. It's too fine <laughs> though. Again, sometimes you just need to rhyme. It's um, go with go. She's making too much money to just need to rhyme. I'm just gonna say it. I would say that also, just in defense of Calvin Harris, he has like a really, really, really big penis. Uh, it, it's in like it's online. Do you know that? Have you seen it? 
Yeah, it's for sure online. Like you can Google it. It's right there. I, I, like, let's be real. He was insufferable. I bet that's why she was like, no more. She was like, <laughs> yes. you love your penis too much. <laughs> also, I'm going to be like the old mother in Bridgerton right now. Just because it's big doesn't mean he knows how to use it. All right? Does not he knows how to use it. This is a Taylor Swift. That was my British accent. Recap podcast. <laughs> Are we going to have a blooper reel for this one? I feel like we should, maybe. I got to cut out this stuff about young Jean Lee. I Fucking young Jean Lee. <laughs> Wait, yeah. Catherine, your bangs are spectacular. I think they're too short, but I did cut them on Wednesday yeah. specifically so I could emulate like the curly bang that Taylor Swift has. So I'm like, fuck. They're Bridgerton bangs. Oh, they're goody. Bangs. Yeah, they're, they're short, but they're not too short. Yeah, they're I actually they're they're quite fun, long at I the end. Think they frame your well. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, I think they're fun. Moment also. Okay. Um, let's go to Ivy. I um, hate this song. Oh. Oh, yours. Mm-mm. Okay. Ivy. Yeah, it's- it makes no fucking sense. <laughs> Why? It doesn't make any sense. I like the music though. Okay. Like I like like if again I feel like I blacked out while listening to all this music and then now I'm finally paying attention to the lyrics. Um, but I enjoy listening to it. I think the only way I can tolerate I have no this- idea what it's about. The only way I can tolerate this song is if I pretend it's about a gay affair, but like. I just I think it sucks. I don't know what the fuck she's talking about in the beginning. I have my, my main problem is like this, this like narrative setup. Like, what are you? Who is this widow? Or did you meet someone in a cemetery? Like, where did where do where do the where do where do the spirit meets the boats? It's the it's a graveyard, and then you're like meeting some hot man while some widow is crying at a grave. It's very rude. I don't know what the point is. It makes no sense. And take it away. This is a fan fiction song for me. Okay, here's my take, and honestly, possibly wrong, but let's look at my top. You can't see it if you're listening to the radio, but it's cute, and it's it's in theme. Looks um, like Ivy. And just think about it. If you get confused, just consider my top. Okay, so this song is about a married woman who someone outside of her marriage catches her fancy, and it's like this life-changing thing like the roots are growing in her fucking bricks of her house i don't know oh like it's about like title ivy it's about like growing in between like the stuff that's holding up the structure of her life so it's an invasive it's an invasive plant um what i like about the song I don't care. I'm so sorry. I'm a sucker for three-part harmony. It does not matter. Um, And what I like about the three-part harmony on this song I have discovered is that it's selective. It's on, oh, oh, and then, like, it sort of disappears. Goddamn. And then it disappears. And then it comes back in waves. And I think that the harmonies are great. Um... I also think the metaphors are mixed. Do I mind? No. Um, It's not a literary masterpiece, but I think that, especially, like, the first time I heard it, the lyric video, I think it's... I don't know. I like it. I have no further case. Uh, I feel like 
using ivy as a visual meta metaphor you don't have to explain it because it just it, it does it like you understand it just by thinking about it like I, what's going on she listening there? to it right now i this is just like this is straight vodka and i took a sip and now i'm dying <laughs> is what's you happening like that was not this space has nothing I do like Ivy, but like yeah. it, it is, it's fantastic. I'm sorry, now I've cut Justin off. It's it, it is a good song. I don't know that I understand it, and that is as we're progressing. I keep realizing, like, I did not think this through. <laughs> oh, it's good. No, I'll jump in the top and I'll toss it to Justin, which is that I I understand the song to be about a woman in a relationship who an extraneous in in a marriage who an extraneous party inserts themselves like Ivy, and it is a he, Justin. I completely agree. Like that movie starts to sort of crack like the foundation of this relationship and she's singing about it. And I think that uh, I will echo Kayla's sentiments in that the harmonies are incredible. And I think that with that OOO sort of section, it makes itself catchy. And that's what I think the songs on Evermore do that the folklore songs don't. Like they're catchier, they're there, they stay in your head longer. They're just a little bit more poppy, but they're still folk. And I like yeah. I like that she says it's goddamn musically complex. Okay, I'll say she says the goddamn too much on this song. Elise, what was your question? <laughs> I I it's not a question. I just think this album comparing Evermore to folklore is more musically interesting. I feel like they use more instruments, the strings are more interesting. They're they're trying different um, you know, keys and key changes and like trying to explore more. Then that that is why I like this song. If we took the lyrics out of it, it'd be great. Yeah, I I, it's still good with the song, lyrics, but I do think we're gonna fight about this. I, okay. okay, my last thing is I hate verse two where she says, "I wish to know and I wish to see." It's like you sound like you're meeting word count in the eighth grade. Yeah, she's been too much time to go. <laughs> okay, that's it. Um, oh, we have so much to talk. About. Okay. Anyways, next up we have. Um, Cowboy like me, and I, I like. Love, I love this song. Oh fuck you! Okay, I'm just gonna say that I wrote. Um, so wait, Taylor Swift is positioning herself as someone who swindles rich people? Absolutely not. And then I, I think it's hilarious. It's hilarious, and it's wrong. And I think it's so funny for her to say rich folks. So I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? You're the daughter of a stockbroker. It's so funny. Um, so. But I like it. I like the melodies from this Mumford and Sons guy, who I think is Diana Agron's ex-husband, which this gets into Gaylor Swift shit, because the theory is that Taylor Swift's ex-girlfriends go Diana Agron and then Carly Kloss. It's just nuts. It's nuts content. Wait, I love that Taylor's, like, Gaylor theories are, like, literally QAnon in that fact. Yeah, it's lit- it makes no fucking sense. I literally said that I think that Gaylor Swift is my QAnon. Like, I think I think she's one of the straightest women alive. I think she probably did kiss Carly Kloss at one point i think she no, hated they it. definitely made out they made out she didn't like it and she's no. straight as can be but both of them are carly's not about girls carly likes that kushner dick she's she's a kushner carly claus kushner kkk i just i just <laughs> okay whatever i like cowboy like me because i'm a sucker for stuff about cowboys i have a playlist about my gender identity that is just like women singing about, singing about being cowboys, such as Mitski and Tanya Tucker. So I like it. 
Related to this, I wrote of cowboy like me, yes, but not yeehaw. That's all I have to say. Yeah, it's not as yeehaw as I wanted it to be. It's not yeehaw. Like when I saw the track listing, first thing my first reaction to reading the track listing on you know the the Thursday was Willow, Ivy, Dorothea, or Marjorie better be a lesbian was my initial reaction. <laughs> Second reaction was cowboy like me, it better be gay and butch or whatever, and it wasn't. So you know, I don't. I I like set up these things that I don't expect to happen. Happened because Gaylor Swift is my QAnon. I like that we're like in that narrative. We're positioning Taylor Swift as sort of this like twink-like character who likes to date people who look exactly like her. Like that's really funny. No, okay. This is why we get into the bonus tracks because she says she says something about a sister or like who you thought was a twin from a dream. I'm like that's Carly Kloss because it's very weird. Like they look the same. Anyway, they do, they do look the same. I also want to say that like. She, when I saw the song, I was like, is she trying to be Casey Musgraves? She's not Casey Musgraves. But, like, I mean, that's comparing women and stupid. But still, I felt a certain type of way about it. Yeah. I do like the song. But there's a lot wrong with it. How I mean. Okay. Next up, we have um, Long Story Short. I love this song because I love Reputation. I do think it's my favorite Taylor Swift album still. Um, yeah, but it is literally Reputation, the Spark Notes version. This one yeah. really grew on me. It was not my favorite going in, and it reminds me of the 1989 mid tempos. I think I was specifically referring to, like, um,. What's wrong with the word? It's like, uh, I don't know. Anyway, it's not the greatest. I wrote, <laughs> here are my notes. Not the greatest lyrically or musically, but still a baby bop. How many times can she title drop on this album? <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I... She, she loves to use the words folklore evermore on this album. I think it's excessive to the point of like, this shouldn't be legal. There should be she's, a law. She's used Evermore before. Isn't Evermore on like Welcome to New York or something? Like, stop using it. What are her favorite words? It's not a word, bitch. Like, no. <laughs> it's stupid and it's gratuitous. But like, also, if Taylor Swift is not nothing but stupid and gratuitous, <laughs> I love her. Yeah, I what what is it? I just love. I, I'm so stupid because like my impulse reaction to what what pop star do you feel like it's for the last year has literally been reputation taylor swift so like i've just like t- it's taken a lot for me to just not answer with that but okay. just like the lyric your nemeses will defeat themselves before you get the chance to swing i'm just like fuck. Mm-hmm. anyway i have a lot of r- rage but yeah that's why i like it seven um okay should we take like a quick little break yeah of- elise are you here with us Okay, let's take a break. Okay. Three, two, one. Welcome back. Um, we're starting with Marjorie. Um, I would love it, um, Catherine, if you would just give us a little bit of backstory about what this is about and kind of the, the dramaturgy behind it. Oh my god. Well, I said this earlier, but Marjorie is track 13, which we don't track her 13s as well as her 5s. But 
both Mar- Marjorie and Epiphany, the track 13s from Evermore and Folklore, respectively, are about her grandparents. I don't know which sides. All I know is that Marjorie Finlay, her late grandmother on her mother's side, was a like a B-list, like, coloratura soprano who, like, only performed in, like, Cuba or something. Um, she seemed nice. Um, and you should watch the lyric video because there's, like, some really sweet, like, scrapbook and, like, newspaper clipping things about her. She's, like, a true, very minor celebrity. Um, and at the end, when there's, like, really high, like, coloratura, like, vocals, that is actually recordings of her grandmother. The main thing that I find out about Marjorie is that her maiden name before Finlay was Mellencamp, but with a bunch of extra E's and O's to, like, look more German. So I just like to think about the relationship between, like, the very loose relationship between these German immigrants. Um, John Cougar Mellencamp, who lives in Bloomington, Indiana. (laughs) And then, like, Taylor Swift's maternal grandmother. Um, That's something I like to chuckle about. I said this earlier, but I have no relationship to any of my grandparents, so, like, these songs make me feel almost nothing. Um, But I like it. Okay. I'll go next because I do have a close relationship to both of my living grandmas. They one of them got vaccinated a couple days ago. One of them's getting vaccinated in a couple days. Let's pray, I guess, or whatever you want to do for the vaccination. Pray is right, but like for real, like they need to be vaccinated. Let's get them vaccinated. I don't know. This is a weird segue, but anyway, um, I do think the Hallmark platitude starting this song is cute, but also Hallmarky. This, like, don't be so clever, you forget to be kind, don't be so kind, you forget to be clever, or whatever. Um, I do love songs about grandmas. I do think, like, the, the generational wisdom in this song is really useful and smart. I have questions about, I mean, the first time I experienced this song was in the lyric video that was released when her album was released. I just have questions about, I I don't know, as someone who also uses their grandma for art, I just have questions about, like, what Taylor's doing, what she hopes to accomplish, and they're mostly for my own benefit. Like, what what can we do with our grandma art than anything else? Um, but I have those questions about Marjorie. Any other thoughts? Um, so I, I, love, I like some of the specificity in this song. I like um, the line about, like, I should have kept, kept the grocery store receipts. Um, and, like, and I should have, like, or it, there's something about the way that you sign your name. And it gets me because I, like, remember my grandma picking me up. And, like, a fucking, like, Honda um, Odyssey, like, a gray minivan. And, like, taking me to get a milkshake or going, like, grocery shopping with her. So, like, it's cute. And I like it. And I, like, know that makes me a little bit basic. But, like, every time I listen to this song all the way through, I cry a little bit. So I like this song. I just learned something about this song. Um, <laughs> so, no, it's it's not about her grandma. It's so vague. Um, it's apparently, oh gosh, this is about to get dark. Here we go. Um, this song may also allude to the story of a Marjorie West, a five-year-old oh, girl. Yeah! 
born in Pennsylvania, where Swift grew up. Dorothea was the name of Marjorie's we- Marjorie West's sister, and was reportedly the last person to see her before she went missing. Taylor Swift loves true crime. She's a very classic white woman in that way. Yes. Yeah. Um, okay, my other complaint, I tweeted this, but the, the chorus, what died in a state dead, reminds me of the House Greyjoy words from Game of Thrones, so I don't like it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy is freaking out in the background. I remember you liked this tweet, because I was live tweeting Evermore. When it, yeah. And Jeremy liked every single one. So Marjorie is about true crime, or is it about her grandmother? It's about her grandmother, but people, that was like the prevailing theory, just because Dorothy and Marjorie is a, is a Pennsylvania true crime. And as a PA native, I can tell you all, I've never heard of this. Okay, yeah, good. I think she doesn't have that much time. But I appreciate... But <laughs> she just listens to My Favorite Murder. That's the extent of her true crime consumption. I mean, to sure. be honest, okay. probably. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, next up we have closure. I love closure. I love closure. I wrote I think I wrote okay, yes, sure. <laughs> I I say this. I was so mad. I tweeted this really conclusively like the weekend that Evermore came out, but like I was tortured no. for months and months and months by the one and I should it's like it's it's very withholding, I believe, to Yes, I think closure is what you need to hear after hearing in the one so you don't do something insane. Um, also, it's at a weird time signature, I'm pretty sure. It's like a math rock time signature, like 7 4. Or oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Like, it's real janky. It just feels wrong, and I, I dig that. It's described as industrial folk. No. It's a no from me. It's a no. Something that I've seen the Swifties, the Gen Z Swifties say, is that the sound of the beginning is a big machine breaking down a la big machine records. I'm like, okay, sure. I'll take it. How old are these Swifties? They're like, you know, 15. Okay, they're the ones, at least, I shared this on my Finsta because I saw that some some Swiftie on the internet had tweeted like a Twitter thread of just like the polysyllabic words from full Folklore and evermore you might need help knowing about like you know like like a yes, sure it was like infidelity and <laughs> like it's like you you kids need to read books i don't know what to tell you <laughs> i have one significant problem with the song closure even though i will say that i love it and it's top half of the album for me but i think there's this weird and i know she's doing it for the vowels or whatever but she like tries to or she's like founding british british when she's like yes i got your letter yes i'm doing better she she hits the t so hard yeah this like it's off y'all it's off she's i can't deal with her whatever it is her trans her transatlantic ways she i mean she really leans into it and i get it but also girl bitch you're old like just you know how you talk you're from pennsylvania yes thank you we talk awfully here it's not good I did see someone say that someone who went to high school with her in Tennessee said, yeah, she started speaking in a Southern accent two weeks in (laughs) when she moved from Pennsylvania. I think that I told you during our previous reputation uh, episode, but my, uh, her brother went Notre Dame. He went to Notre Dame, right? Notre Dame very briefly. And my, both of my younger brothers and Taylor Swift brother were all together at a party 
and uh, my brother and Taylor Swift, my youngest brother, who's like five years old, younger than me, is supposed to be on a team with Taylor Swift's brother. It implodes. The party implodes. Then ended Notre Dame College. Um, and now Amy Coney Barrett is on the Supreme Court. Thank you, Catholicism. Um, I feel like we should Catholics on this podcast. We can all handle it. I, you know why I like Notre Dame? A lot of Catholics because, here. because Gustavo Gutierrez was a professor emeritus there, and he's the father of liberation theology. He's a Marxist Franciscan. However, but he's also like listen to him. The he's also like ninety years old. Progressive. Uh, Notre Dame is yeah no he's just he's just ta- he's just taking their money um but I love him I like that about him I think I is Taylor okay we're just we're diving in I'm sorry is Taylor Catholic she has no she's know. just like vaguely Protestant I don't know the specific specifics she of it have Catholic lineage because the bitch wouldn't write like this unless she was lapsed I that's like so. I, f- I feel she tells a story in a very, in a very Catholic way, she sounds Catholic. very Catholic. I think there's something. Okay, like what is it? I mean, Marjorie Finlay. That's a very Irish name, right? Justin. This is Justin's. Justin. Why? It's not my veto. It's just the fact. Who hasn't that used a veto? Oh, right. I don't give a shit. I haven't. I'm not going to use a veto. On I've used two. I've officially oh, used two. Folklore is okay. better than Evermore. Start discussion, go. It is. Yeah, you're right. You're completely right. Evermore is a fucking mess. No, Evermore is so much better than Folklore. I will literally die on this. Oh I will God. die on this hill like Anakin okay. Skywalker. I think that you have to go back to just the quality of track. Like, per track, there are just higher quality tracks and a larger number of higher quality tracks on Evermore. And I'll go through that. What is your criteria? What's your criteria? Okay. Better um, instruments. The instrumentals are more more articulate. They're more thought out. There's more harmony. The use of guests is more thought out. I do not think folklore... I think folklore was a good gateway for Taylor to get into the folk acoustic, what like whatever she wants to call it, scene. And then Evermore also was like not fantastic but also had a lot of great shit and i think maybe her next step if she chooses to pursue one type of music could be great but she's not next next thing she's going to be like electropunk we don't know so i want to like i i believe that like to piggyback off of her doing like pop and something else or like infusing two genres like these are both two pop like pop folk albums i think Evermore does pop folk more successfully because there are more songs that are catchy. There are more songs that stick with you and that are interesting instrumentally, like Elise brought up. And I'd also like to just go on the the meter that Kayla's been using and that there are more embarrassing songs on Folklore than there are on Evermore. The shit on Evermore and the stuff on Folklore is really stunty. And I'd like to liken it to Mary-Kate Olsen. Um, There was, Why just her? There Why was, not Ashley? There was a like a meme about how folklore and Evermore were like Mary Kate Olsen and Ashley Olsen, but I think it's the two sides of Mary Kate Olsen, and here's why. Um, folklore is the Mary <laughs> Kate Olsen 
who starred in the movie Beastly with Vanessa Hudgens and Alex Pettifer. Very sort of like stunty, narrative-driven, romantic. And then you get to Evermore, which is wholly more sophisticated. And it's like the haunting silhouettes that she's put forth with the brand, the clothing brand, The Row. And that's how I feel about <laughs> folklore and Evermore. Okay, Jesus hard rebuttal. <laughs> it's a no. Um, I just think that, okay, if there is someone, I just, okay, Mary Kate, I love her. I, I love her. She's forever enshrined. She's also dating the brother of the ex-prime minister of France. It's all very weird. I just don't hang my hat on Mary-Kate. <laughs> I do, however, think that um, Evermore is an accomplished album. I agree with you there. I think that folklore is a little bit more accomplished. And this is coming to me, honestly, the more I hear it. Uh, the more I listen to both albums, it, and this has just honestly been stirred on by us preparing to record this episode, um, I do find myself gravitating towards folklore a little bit more. I find its metaphors a little bit more... Um, uh, advanced and a little bit less Shrek-y than <laughs> I just, you know, I know Bruce like an onion. What can I say? And that's Evermore. Oh my God. I, just, I actually love Evermore too. I love, I love, I love, I love Evermore. Put it very high. But uh, Evermore is lesser in my opinion. Yeah, same. Okay. I love folklore. I love folklore so much. I think it's better than Evermore. I think that folklore, I mean, like, I think it's also has to do with like the writing and the production of it just like like folklore has like this privacy to it whereas evermore i don't know like i think i think i heard that like she she and aaron dozner kept she aaron dozner and justin vernon kept writing not necessarily with the goal of making a taylor swift album like i think that bonnie Vare and a couple of guys from the national have another band and they're like oh taylor you can like feature on this and i think that's what it yeah. sounds like it <laughs> sounds like it sounds like these things don't it doesn't sound as cohesive to me as folklore does i think folklore really feels feels like something that was incubated in like in, in a very contained way where, where i was like everyone i mean everyone sounds like it has more rejects from like lover and reputation whereas folklore felt very self-contained okay no, you're wrong. Okay. You're wrong. Aside, Catherine, let's go, Elise. Just, I love that Justin and I are on the same on the same team with this. This feels so right. Um, <laughs> number one, musically, Evermore is way better, and I think everyone could take a step. Yes, Kayla, I see your face. Everyone else can sense your face. Um, <laughs> it is it is musically more interesting. There's a lot more. Yes. There there's a lot more music that makes you feel um i maybe i don't know i didn't i wasn't particularly drawn to the lyrics in folklore i wasn't drawn to the lyrics in either album to be honest but the music in evermore just it, it took you in it took you on this like 
weird on it let's be real pretty sedate adventure with taylor and i think it was it was more interesting i think it was more fun um and and i did not know until we started talking about beastly which Catherine, did you bring beastly up no it was justin justin god bless you thank god okay did you know that alex pettifer and um what's his name again joe alwyn weren't the same person because I didn't. <laughs> barely. <laughs> barely. Speaking I'm barely. American and Ashley, like, they're the same, right? Yeah, Taylor and Mary-Kate probably dated. I think that's what happened. Oh, my <laughs> there's God. A lot. Add, this is the annals of Gaylor Swift Tumblr. Yeah. Um, I think to address something that you said, Catherine, which is that you kind of, you lobbed a critique at uh, Evermore being kind of less consistent and more like, you know, a Taylor Swift feature slapped together as an album. And I disagree with that wholeheartedly because I believe it was you who's like called out all of the sister songs on Evermore that are sisters to folklore. So I don't know how the album could be both inconsistent but also have several parallels to the original album. I think it's inconsistent as fuck. Okay, so Coney, I think something like Coney Island, something like Coney Island, I think something like Closure, like people, I like the big machine theory about Closure, but I think like sonically, it's like this was Aaron Desner going hog fucking wild and Taylor being like, oh, I like it and then just taking it i'm just like is just like i think it was aaron desner i like him i think he's a funny weird guy i like his vin- i like his vintage hey, guitars i like his i, I like his about- i like his limp hair but i'm still like no i think he just went kind of crazy on this and it feels like less of a taylor swift doll like i feel like folklore and like the trio of like jack antonoff and and aaron duster and taylor swift felt more it felt more it felt yeah it just felt more like a taylor swift project and this was just like what just too much happening it was too busy i believe i'm hopping in to talk about aaron desner in this album and i just think that like first of all it's wild that they're collaborating still i think you know we're like half a year later and we're still uh speaking from a personal perspective not getting over the fact that taylor swift is collaborating with Aaron Dessner. Dessner. Does anyone else feel like she doesn't quite deserve him? Is that just me? (laughs) I think she lucked out. Okay, here's my... Okay, sorry. No! I don't have a good read on this. I just think this bitch was like, here are the people I like. And and to be honest, she likes a, a, a band of us. She likes Moni Bear. She likes the national. She likes m- men. She likes who she band. found at Starbucks. She likes Starbucks. She, yeah. She likes Starbucks. She's not, she's not about to branch out. She likes cold play. She likes people who were influenced by cold play. She doesn't give a shit. She's like, Chris Martin is my inspiration. Which um, is fine. It is kind fine. Of. And Aaron Dustner's good. And she collaborates good with him. And she collaborates Everybody's good with uh, fucking Jack Antonoff, but also it's like I don't. 
care. Like, I don't, I don't care about care. the national. I'm so sorry. I, the, I thought they died in 2011. So did I. Okay, everything I, I know about the national. Here's, here are the two national no. songs I know, y'all. The two national songs I know are their cover of that song from Game of Thrones about a bear and a maiden fair. No. And, then I, and then I know their song that was a cover of the Bob's Burgers song about Thanksgiving. Yeah. I know nothing about the national. <laughs> I respect them, I guess, in a distant way, but I don't fucking know who they are. Okay, Me? Aaron Duster means okay. almost nothing I do to think, Here's what I'll say. We're at time. I'll just jump in with my petty, stupid knowledge and say... I think most Taylor Swift fans don't know who the national is. And I think that he's a weird collaborator for her. And I like that. Aaron, wait, Aaron or Jack? Aaron is with the national. Jack is with bleachers. I will say that I thought that the national was also the 1975. I didn't know. The <laughs> <laughs> I'm concert where she famously made out with Carly Kloss. Yes. I'm dead. I can't deal with this. I'm deceased. Okay. So let's go ahead. I think we've done enough discourse. Evermore is better um, on which album is better. And so let's go ahead and rate that. Did we ever talk about the song Evermore? No, we didn't. And I just was going to excuse you. We didn't. Bonavar, she talked she names months over and over again loves a month and also i this has nothing to do with taylor what i'm sorry i was singing the wrong song keep going okay so i just think everything that come out of bon iver's mouth is <laughs> okay, all our okay. Here's my first it. impression of Bonnie Iver. He won Best New Artist at the Grammys <laughs> against Nicki Minaj. Just the main thing I remember about him. Okay, that's not okay. In like 2013. See, I have to just step in and say that I absolutely cannot live with the fact that Elise thinks that he's so. <laughs> uh, you know, the big thing to me is that it's always shocking. Because I think, like, when I hear his music, I'm like, I'm not going to be into this. And then I see his picture, and I'm like, I'm fucking into it. I look at him. I'm Googling right now. It's not rational, but I'm being real with you. And if you've made it to episode two of the Taylor Swift podcast, you deserve to know this about me. Every time she brings up Bon Iver, I'm like, you know what? Birdie's better because she covered one of his songs, and that's all I think about. <laughs> oh my god, his hair! I'm looking at him right now. I don't. He's know. not hot. I'm not saying it's hot, but he sings like, and I'm like, ooh. <laughs> that's what I liked about Long Pond. He was wearing a bandana as a as a head as a face covering. I can't deal with this. I have to stand in opposition against. This. Can you, Kayla? Yeah, I'm gonna no. Look at the video. Hold on. I'm gonna pull a picture that I think is hot. Here we go. Okay, going in our show notes. Okay, I have I have no luck to stand on either. I think like Nick Cave is very hot. He looks like a skeleton. However, everyone has their weird things. Wait, you think that Bon Iver and Nick Cave are hot? You have. I don't think Bon Iver is hot. I think Nick Cave is hot. COVID must end. The truth is, I don't know that he's hot, but he's sexy. There is a difference. No, we have to get out of here. This is not okay. Everybody, everyone, run. Vaccines. We have to get out of here.
here. This is not what humans are meant to objectify. Wait. I, I mean, I'm, I mean, it's it's a mild. Obje- he, he's not. He's not ugly. <laughs> Put it away. Put it down. I don't know what. I don't know what yes, he's wearing. You know, my crooked nail. Justin Was he Cobra at the gym? I don't know. No, he's probably he probably smells a little funny. I got I don't I don't know. I can't help it. He's like an upper Midwestern boy, isn't he? I, he's like I Minnesota. know nothing about him. Okay. <laughs> he probably smells like that one bar in Bloomington, Indiana, the comedy bar that's like also The comedy attic cellar? What is Never it? had to go there. I wanna go to a bar. <laughs> <laughs> oh okay. He's from Eau Claire, Wisconsin. Okay. Okay, okay. Okay, what's okay. great as a bitch? What? All it, like he just like he hits that bass note and I'm like, yeah. At least he just even listens to a Nick Cave. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> All right, I'll look up you send me a playlist, Catherine. Send okay. me a playlist. Catherine, more baritones. There are people I lo- mm. whose voices have dropped. <laughs> Okay, okay. Justin, so, are you leaning on a wine box? Yeah, I am, because I'm trying to get it back on track. I brought it as a visual aid. Um, so it's time to rate Evermore um, based on the box wine system. Um, you're welcome to rate it um, on that system or go off the rails. But um, traditionally, our Franzia is the lowest. Our middle is sort of a black box. And our highest it being a Boda box, you can pick flavors or you can like talk about Mary Kate. Um, so... <laughs> Um, who would like, oh God, we didn't do favorite tracks. Fuck. Okay. We're, we're going to do, um, we're going to do the rating and then we're going to do favorite tracks. Good, 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 good. Um, uh, Kayla, do you want to start us on the rating? Yes. To me, Taylor Swift always wins a solid white wine. She knows how to market. She knows how to distribute. She... Uh, could beat any white wine distributor in America. I would bet money on it. For the the purposes of this ec- exercise, I will say that Evermore specifically <laughs> is. Um, I haven't thought about this. Um, you know, I'm gonna say for the purposes of this exercise. Evermore is honestly a bottle of $20 Chardonnay. The kind that you're like, should I buy this? No, absolutely not. And then you consume it and you're like, yeah, I shouldn't have bought it. And then in the morning you have a hangover and you're like, I shouldn't have bought this. But it was relatively cheap for what, like, if we're talking about adult wines, a $20 wine is, is good quality. It was kind of worth it. That's ever more to me. <laughs> I mean, and I, specifically Chardonnay. I have my eye out on Chardonnay. It's a devil. Go. I agree with you, but I also think that has a lot of poetic significance. So I'll allow it. Um, Elise, what's your rating? Okay, I am going off the off the rails here, but staying with wine. Taylor, to me, in this album, has earned herself a 19 crimes wine. Wow, interesting. I, you know what? She's still, she's not expensive. She's she's under $10 a, a bottle. But I feel like she's our Pinot Noir, 19 crimes. She had a lot of 
<clears throat> soft round tannins, cherry and strawberry fruit sweetness, oh, compliments okay. vanilla and spice oak undertones. Do you I genuinely feel like that suits this album. <laughs> Is this because of the song No Body No Crime? <laughs> yes. I think that that leads the way between No Body No Crimes and I feel like 12-year-old me listening to Willow would have been dancing around thinking like, oh, one day I'll drink Pinot Noir. And I I think this I think this album has legs. I think both albums will um live on in the American canon of modern music. And which is why I'm attributing to them 19 Crimes Pinot Noir. Catherine, what's your rating? I, I, I'm going to give it, and this is mean because I don't like it. I do like it. And my Grand Taylor Swift's album ranking is actually quite high. I'm going to give it Oliver Winery Camelot Mead. It's a honey wine. Wait, <laughs> sucks ass. Is it a mead? Wait, Catherine. Catherine, that is so good. No, that makes so much sense to me. It's because that makes Willow and Ivy. Willow and Ivy are Camelot the musical. I think it's yes. I I mean it as a mean way. Yes, Catherine. I think you need a very bulky. Yeah, it's a honey wine. Um, I'm gonna continue on that theme of Ivy. You know, but I mean, but I liked Ivy. I liked that as a song. And I also, like, I really like this album. And you know that Boda Box and Cav Sab is the highest ranking. So in terms of Bodas, I'm going to give it a Boda Box Old old Vine Zinfandale because of the song Ivy, but also because it's, you know, it feels old. It's set in a mythical American town. And, um... It's good. It tastes good to drink, and um, it gets you drunk. So I'll give it. Um, I'm going to give it a Boda Box Old Vine Zinfandel. Okay, so let's go back now. We're backtracking. I'm sorry, and do our favorite track. Let's start with Catherine this time. Oh my God. Okay, you're gonna, this is gonna... my favorite tracks. I think in this moment in time are Gold Rush, Closure, and Cowboy Like Me. <laughs> I no. I I fucking hate that you put Cowboy Like Me on that list. I I love Cowboy Like Me. I Why? Think it's so stupid. I love it. Why why do you love it? I think it's funny. Okay, but that funny does not equal love. So why do you love it? I love it today. I don't know. I think there's something to me, okay, I actually think, I should have said this earlier. I, to me, it's kind of, if there's, I, I like echoes of old, old songs that, like, no one gives a shit about other than me, such as, I think it's the better version of Getaway Car, because it kind of continues the Bonnie and Clyde, like, Western, like, the way the white people get yes. to do crime and be sexy, you know? <laughs> um, I like yes. it for that. I don't know. No, I, th- I, I just wanted your explanation. I love Getaway Car, so I like to think of it as a continuation. But yes, I re- today, I love Cowboy Like Me. I feel like, for me, it's a toss-up between Cowboy Like Me and Dorothea. Okay. But yeah. Um, Elise, your favorite tracks. Oh my gosh, I'm still scrolling. All right. Um, of course, Willow is number one. I dance to the nine renditions of that every morning as I'm too, too willing many. myself to go to work. Um... <sighs> Number two, happiness. I I think it's a really respectable breakup song. 
Um, and then number three, no body, no crime, because I am the country consultant and that shit is gold. Yeah, I'm into that. Um, Kayla? Okay, here are my top three. Pen, <clears throat> Willow, Ivy, Dorothea. Um, from folklore, I have to bring this up now or I will never live in peace. I forgot to me- mention Invisible String as part of my top three. It's my number one of my top three. Um, so anyway, going back to <laughs> Evermore, um, I just had wanted to say that the pop star I felt like this week um, was a combination of Kiki Palmer and Carly Rae Jepsen as Cinderella on Broadway in Roger and Hammerstein's Cinderella on Broadway with the William Ivy Long costume changes. And I oh will God. not have that ignored. That was a <laughs> tell us why response. I'm so sorry. Of fast costume changes, really, really interesting line readings. Look up Kiki Palmer's line readings of Cinderella. It's honestly a, maybe a little bit counterintuitive. I don't mind it though because we had Brandy. The the line readings are just flapper. I I think the verb. To the of of the actor towards the text is flabbergasted because to be honest, uh, uh, Rogers and Hammerson did not do a good job on this one, and these bitches are stuck with these lyrics forever, and they're like, "On the wings of my fancy, I can fly anywhere. I don't give a shit. This is stupid." Anyway, that's who I feel like. Thank you. I'm so sorry. Did we even do Pop Star of the Week at all? I just came back to it because I wanted to mention it. You know what? Okay. Um, let's go. Let's just do Pop Star of the Week really, really quick. Catherine, can you do it? I said Reputation Taylor Swift in passing earlier. Yeah, but that was before the podcast. But okay. Oh I'm during the podcast. Okay. Still Reputation Taylor Swift. So for an entire calendar year, I've been Reputation Taylor Swift. Forever. Elise, yeah. who's your Pop Star of the Week? I don't think I've said this already, but do you guys remember when Brittany just shaved her head? Yeah. Of course, yeah. Really remember that. That's where I'm at this week. <laughs> so, like, we'll yes. um, just text us if you need anything. <laughs> um, this is what friendship is. Everyone listening, they will genuinely call me, FaceTime me. They will do anything for me during this week. That's how good they are. There, there's, if you need an extra umbrella, I'll mail you one. I can't get you one faster than mail, but I'll get one to you. It's okay. okay. You know what? I'm figuring it out. Okay, good. Um, I just need you guys. This week, Justin, I, who are you? This week, I'm feeling, like, not very talented at what I do, but people just keep calling me back to perform, so I feel like Jennifer Lopez. <laughs> Okay. Mention, but also 
fitting hot. Like, what? how great for you. This is all very applicable. I'll mention right now, I very rarely... Okay, so I'll say, this is Kayla. I very... Uh, I always run the Instagram. I very rarely get into it with my followers. Mm. Um, our followers. I'm so sorry. Our followers. Um, but I, I should say, I posted something this past week that got a lot of ire. And by a lot of ire, I mean just one person was giving me shit for it. Yeah. It was about... Is it someone we all know? No. Uh, well, maybe. It was about... Um, uh, a post I made about J-Lo. And J-Lo is... Jennifer Lopez is purportedly uh, performing at the inauguration alongside Stephanie Germanotta, who is performing the national anthem. Let's all pray. I mean, let's pray for their safety. I don't even know what to say at this point, but I do hope that all of our pop stars, I, I think and hope and pray that everyone will help us may stephanie germanata help us enter a more perfect union i guess i don't give it i i I do give a shit i just don't know even what to say about this um however in our comments i I had commented that uh jennifer lopez doesn't always sing at all of her performances and i got very strong responses from a number of our followers. Uh, the strongest uh, ones I got were regarding um, Je- Jennifer Lopez's live performances. And I got the question, do you, do you as an institution think that she always performs lip synced? And I apologize to all of our for- uh, followers. This was simply a, a response to the post that I had made. Um, but I'll speak for the podcast and Justin, you can correct me, um, that we do not hold the position that JLo lip syncs everything, but I do think that she very sort of strategically lip syncs stuff in almost every show. And she also lips, she, she lip syncs and sings to stuff in every show in the hopes that of proving that she's like always singing. And that was sort of the inquiry we got was like, do you think she's mostly singing or mostly not singing? I went on a limb for the podcast and said, I think she's mostly not singing, but strategically thoughts. I would go so far as to say that I think Jennifer Lopez has a lovely speaking voice. Uh, And I think that she really does some of the parts of her songs really well through spoken word that is melodic. Um, But I've heard tell that Jennifer Lopez in the singing bits of her songs has hired um, a ghost singer. Oh, beyond that. Yeah, she's not, it's not her. So um, I think that she does some really great spoken word interludes in her songs. Any other thoughts, Elise, Catherine? I think she is a fantastic business woman. I don't, I don't, I hardly know anything about her because I'm a sham, so. Catherine's just zillennialing over here, like, it doesn't matter. She's fantastic, but, like, honestly, I lost so much respect for her when that article came out about Botox, and she was like, I've never had a filler in my life, and I'm like, like, okay, J-Lo. Okay. I don't know if everyone saw this, but... When she blatantly lied to the public and was like, I use olive oil. That's all it takes. Olive I'm like, oil. Take notice of that because 
actually, yeah, at the time she was re releasing a skincare line. And it's like, yep. it actually does matter what you say right now. Yeah. Yep. You know, I can deal with you saying that you just use olive oil for all of your career up until right when you're hawking your products to me. Yeah, I would agree. She, J Lo the Lie. She looks great. Whatever the fuck she's. She looks fantastic. I'll but the thing is, buy it. I'll probably buy it from her. But don't buy it. Go to your local esthetician, and I do Botox. I'm 27 years old, and I get Botox here now to tell you. And do fillers. They are very healthy. They're not going to fuck you over. And she lied. Yeah. All I got to say, you're, there's no way you're 50 years old and smooth as a porcelain plate. And I respected her until that moment. I'm ready for fillers. I'm get, I'm, there's like a place across the street from where I work that does fillers and some of my coworkers do it and I'm going to do it. It is not. It is shockingly less expensive than you think it is. Yeah, that's, that's right. I'm not here to plug fillers. Taylor Swift is also great. We will edit this out. Are fillers less like, okay. We'll talk about this later, 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 later. Hello. Okay, we're back. Um, are we? Are we back? And we're gonna play a game. We have a, our executive producer Aaron Barnett here to um, moderate and explain. Yes, we will be playing Jeff Bezos or Taylor Swift. Um, so I will be reading a quote that is either something that Jeff Bezos has said or something that Taylor Swift has said, and you will have to guess um, who said it, and you will all be scored um, accordingly. Um, so our first, our first quote, if everybody is ready, is, you earn reputation by trying to do hard things well. Hold up your signs. Kayla and Catherine have both said Taylor, and Justin and Elise have both said Jeff. And the correct answer is Jeff Bezos. So Justin and Elise have both gotten it correct. Thank you. Sorry. I know Catherine looking when I hear it. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm feeling smart. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling sad. <laughs> All right, the next one is, just because there's a hurricane going on around you doesn't mean you have to open the window and look at it. Elise and Kayla have said Jeff, and Justin and Catherine have said Taylor, and the correct answer is Taylor Swift. That sounds like a clean speech if I've ever heard one. Yes. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling smart. I'm feeling sexy. <laughs> All right, number three, never forget the essence of your spark. Catherine and Kayla and Elise have all said Jeff, and Justin has had said Taylor, and the correct answer is Taylor Swift. Oh, my fucking God. Jesus Christ. I haven't studied her speeches enough. <laughs> I'm doing smart. I'm doing Okay, Justin is just killing us all. I, I can't take this. <laughs> Truly? Okay, I really think this. Taylor Swift writing prose that's meant to be spoken is really fucking stupid. I, I will I say. I can't take any of this. This is also wild. I'm ready. Okay, <laughs> drunk. the next I'm one drunk. is, 
I think that I'm a very goofy sort of person in many ways. All right, everyone has guessed Jeff Bezos, and that is the correct answer. God damn it. If you didn't know, Jeff is a very goofy person. <laughs> Fuck me. You heard it here first. <laughs> I'm a terrible smart. I'm feeling smart. I'm feeling sexy. You are, Justin. Okay, are you, you're literally batting 100 right now. <laughs> like... I'm a terrible Swifty. Jesus Christ. <laughs> okay. The lesson I've learned the most often in life is that you're always going to know more in the future than you know now. Oh, well, this is this is so dumb. I'm going with Jeff again. <laughs> All right. Elise and Kayla have both said Jeff, and Justin and Catherine have said Taylor, and the correct answer is Taylor Swift. I knew it. Okay. I just have to <laughs> say what sounds like a clean 1989 speech. Okay, I'm ready. I'm ready. It's All right, next one. I knew that if I failed, I wouldn't regret, regret that. But I knew the one thing I might regret is not trying. Jeff, the Kindle. <laughs> I, ha- I use a Kindle right now. Okay, everyone, a Kindle on eBay. everyone has said Jeff except for Kayla. And the correct answer is Jeff. I'm so sorry, Kayla. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm intimidated. By the fear of being average. <laughs> switching the narrative. That's so I don't. I, like, I haven't been stumped this entire time, but I you know what? Close your eyes and picture it, Justin. Jesus It'll Christ! Come to you. I don't know what to do. So Elise and Justin have said Taylor, and Catherine and Kayla have said Jeff, and the correct answer is Taylor Swift. <gasps> Justin, <laughs> you're literally. Destroying this game. I'm crying. <laughs> I'm feeling good. I'm feeling smart. I'm feeling sexy. <laughs> Shut up. I never thought there'd be a reality in which one of us got all of them right. Every single one. <laughs> okay. Silence speaks so much louder than screaming tantrums. Never give anyone an excuse to say that you're crazy. This certainly is not Taylor. This cannot I don't know. Be I don't know. Um, okay, so everyone has said Jeff Bezos except for Kayla. And in this instance, Kayla is correct. <gasps> Taylor Swift said it. Is, is Taylor quoting Jeff Bezos? In I feel what like year just, was this? Check. Was this 2010? Was this the Obama administration? <laughs> okay. Kindness is a choice. What is a choice? Kindness is a choice. It's startling to think only one of them has spoke of kindness. <laughs> Catherine, Kayla, and Elise have said Taylor. Justin has said Jeff. The correct answer is Jeff Bezos. <gasps> what the fuck? Chloe, you were supposed to consult on this. Your margin is my opportunity. Your margin is my opportunity. You know what? I'm going to play against the grain. Oh my god. Okay, Elise and Catherine have said Jeff. Um, Kayla and Justin have said Taylor. And the correct answer is Jeff Bezos. Thank God. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Shiny doesn't last. This is so stupid. You guys are... (laughs) It doesn't matter. I'm going... (laughs) 
You know what? Fuck. I'm going to lose this one again, but I'm going to be the one who votes against All right. Kayla, again, voted against the grain. Everyone said Taylor, except for Kayla. And the correct answer is Jeff. Jeff <laughs> said Tiny does not last. <laughs> I'm so amazed by this game that we're playing that Cam was just like, we're just going to do a quick, was it Jeff or was it Taylor? <laughs> I didn't think it'd be this hard. <laughs> so horrible. <laughs> really did not. But you know what, Jeff? Jeff Baker. <laughs> okay. That they're the same person. <laughs> this is horrible. They I mean, I'm I'm getting them confused. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I mean, the next one is people haven't always been there for me, but music always has. Oh, you! I know this. Jeffrey. <laughs> Jeff is a music man. It's a music okay. man. Everyone has Nothing said Taylor, except for Elise, and this this one was, in fact, Taylor Swift. <laughs> I was trying to go against the grain, and it didn't work out for me. Huh, Chloe? You. I'm so upset. <laughs> Life's too short to hang out with people who aren't re resourceful. I don't know. I'm losing. <laughs> All right, Justin, Catherine, and Elise have said Jeff, and Kayla has said Taylor, and the correct answer is Jeff. I knew that if I failed, I wouldn't regret that. I think we already did this one. I it's on my know. list twice. Okay. okay, but did we get it right? Wait, hold is this up right? answers. We were all wrong. Okay, you're all wrong, so you haven't been listening because that's what Jeff said. <laughs> Shut up. Oh, said ago. <laughs> it's 1 a.m. It's 1 a.m. I'm drunk. That was hard. <laughs> I'm not even drunk. So no one got that one right the second time around. Okay. If you're yelling, you're not you're the one who's lost control of the conversation. Wait, we already did this one. No. Did something about screaming. We, we did a similar one. Okay, everyone said Jeff for this one, but it's actually Taylor Swift. So what the fuck? Lemmings. <laughs> she wrote a song about murder, and then she's judging us for getting upset. I should not follow my peers. I know what's right. I know the compass of my soul. Jesus Christ. I know my soul, but I guess I don't know Taylor's. No, I mean, it's hard. It's, it's really hard. Yeah. It also like this old sort of like disparateness of a CEO. So frankly, who the fuck knows who said what? Okay, the next one is anything you put your mind to and add your imagination into can make your life a lot better and a lot more fun. Okay, so everyone said Jeff for this one, and it's definitely Taylor Swift, so... <laughs> <laughs> Give up. <laughs> the problem is you guys used reverse psychology for us for the first time. And then you switched it to regular psychology, but now you switched it back to reverse psychology. I don't know what to do anymore. We don't we're not capable of this. <laughs> this is too hard. <laughs> All right, the next one is it turns out in life that your most important decisions are always made with instinct, intuition, taste, and heart. <laughs> I can't do this. 
I don't okay, think Justin, Jeff cares about our taste. Justin and Kayla have said Jeff, and Catherine and Elise have said have said Taylor, and the correct answer is Jeff Bezos. What a nerd. He does care about your taste. She does care about taste. She doesn't know what taste means. <laughs> what I, I can't do this. <laughs> Why would Jeff Bezos care about our taste? It's, it's what you buy, Elise. It's our, we're consumers. <laughs> yeah, you think they would, Jeff Bezos thinks he knows about our taste, but he's wrong. Taylor Jeff, never presumed to know, and yet she does know. You know, Bezos. I just threw my notebook Birth roughly a foot chart. away from me. So. Okay. If you want to be understood at all times, then don't do anything new. I mean, judging by her discography, just kidding. I think it's. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, I'm gonna lose again. It's okay. Okay, everyone know? has said Jeff except for Kayla, and the correct answer is Jeff. At this point, he said some horrible things. I just, I just do think that Taylor will innovate more than she does, and she doesn't. Erin, did y'all come up with this while we were doing the rest of the podcast? Yes, no. that's the producer <laughs> shit. Oh my god, Our producers here are the best. We have better producers okay. for sure. The mm-hmm. next one is. I didn't know what a stockbroker was when I was eight, but I would just tell everybody that's what I was going to be. Everyone has said Taylor, and that is the correct answer. Thank God. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Who said her dad was a stockbroker during the episode? It was, me. It was me. It was Thank me. Thank you, Catherine. Of course she was a stock. She is a stockbroker. She's a stockbroker's daughter. I didn't say this when we were talking about nobody, no crime, but just like what does she think that the rest of us do (laughs) nothing she will clean houses eat all garden as a treat yeah she like i love that it was like let's go to olive garden every tuesday i was like i like this plan i'd be your friend i would do it i'd do that i'd fucking be at olive garden every tuesday it's rage yeah, I'll say it. I'll say it. Mm-hmm. I do think I do think her mentioning Olive Garden. I think she might have hoped that it would be the same magnitude as Beyonce saying Red Lobster, and it just it wasn't. Do we know that Olive Garden didn't pay her? Um, it wouldn't have been. It's not the same magnitude. She said Olive Garden as as a thing about a crime versus Red Lobster being a reward for good head. Like yes, yeah, but different. we are all we are all sitting here talking about Olive Garden, and all I'm saying is maybe she can eat soup and salad there. For I haven't free. I haven't been to Olive Garden since 2014. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why either because their salad is dope. I know. I like the cheese on the salad. I, I like went that. to the Olive Garden one time. It was on Easter Sunday, like 2013. Aaron, okay. what you got for us? All right, this is the last um, Jeff versus Taylor quote. Shut up. You're joking. I have to get my night. paper from the floor. I already lost. Let's go. Is everyone ready? Yeah. Yes. Chloe, focus up. Thank you. The final quote is, I'm interested in Jackson Pollock's kind of art where art is beautiful, but it's nothing, and yet it's incredible. Justin, Catherine, and Kayla have said Taylor. Elise has said Jeff, and the correct answer is Taylor Swift. 
Hey! I give up! I'm so sorry. Jesus Bonnie. fucking Christ. That was horrible. That was a great game. That was a good game. That, that was, was my amazing. favorite game, I think. Who won? Justin, okay. probably. Well, I had to be Justin. I'm last place. In fourth No, I'm last we place. Have Kayla Garvin. Kayla <laughs> Garvin. Thank you, middle name. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, professionally. Professionally. Um, in third place, we have Elise Susan Chase. And then, finally, in first place, we have Justin Ganaway. Wait, where was Catherine? In Black Gun. Oh, that was that was why I said the first because you'd know if I had said the second one. <laughs> it's like the Great British Bake Off where they skip all the people who don't and, and runner up, Catherine Dela Rosa. Wait, that actually sucks. I'm sorry, I don't like that method of announcing. No, <laughs> Great British Bake Off. Okay. Well, I guess I, I like it. Mm. So Justin got first. Who got second? I. Catherine. Catherine, who got third? Not me, you. You, it was you. And then, and then Kayla, you lost. Yeah. This is shocking to me. All right. I think it makes perfect sense. I do too. <laughs> Justin's final score was twelve. The next closest score was eight. Oh my god. Fourteen. I got fourteen right. <laughs> I didn't. Count, I didn't count the alls. I didn't count the alls. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, well, well, I'm proud of all of us. Okay. Me too. Yeah, yes. we did a job. Well, um, Justin, do you want to take us away with yeah. our little baby Evermore episode? I would love to. Um, thank you so much to our guests for being here. Um, we appreciate you staying with us for four hours. Um, I'd like to thank our producers, Aaron Barnett, Jeremy Smith, and Cameron Toy. You guys have done an incredible job. Um, I would like to thank our listeners for sticking with us. And um, I'm excited that we um, are celebrities now. Kayla, thank you so much. Um, goodbye, everyone. Bye, Mitchell.